0: Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. On a Wednesday night, this is a lady that I had met at the gym, and I knew nothing about her other than she uh, inspired me because she came in in a wheelchair. Well, come to find out, as you know, those that were here, once we got her story, we found out she had been this way, she had been paralyzed. Once she agreed, then she began to tell me her whole story, that she was an Olympian. I said, well, what do you mean Olympian? She said, well, I won a silver medal in Beijing. What? So anyway, she is a para-Olympian. They do the wheelchair, I don't know what they even call it, really, but they race wheelchairs that are specially made. She had a $40,000 BMW wheelchair, by the way, that she raced. So I found out, and I asked her when she was here that night, I says, well, Chelsea, what's next? She says, I'm going back. I'm going for the gold. So found out she is in Tokyo at the Olympics. She is scheduled to race on and Wednesday, Wednesday, I believe. You can Google it, find out. And so I sent her a text message yesterday, just to see if she would respond. I said, hey, Chelsea, your number one fan from the Tower of Pentecost. And she texted me back and said, thank you. And uh, I told her, I said, we will be cheering. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that to your attention. I mean, how how extraordinary. We we don't have any idea unless you've been handicapped all your life. Didn't stop her. She almost won the gold last night. So anyway, I wanted to bring that to your attention. I thought it was worth sharing. All right. So. Uh, chapter number 12 and then we're going to go backwards to chapter number 8 Nehemiah chapter number 12 beginning at verse 27 reads like this And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem Anybody been to Jerusalem? Anybody been to the Wailing Wall? Part of the western wall still there anyway. So they went to the this was at the dedication of the wall to Jerusalem. They sought the Levites out of all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to keep the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings, with singing, with cymbals, psalteries, and with harps. And the sons of the singers—something about that scripture just kind of jumped out at me. Right, the sons of gathered themselves together, both out of the plain country round about Jerusalem, from the villages of whatever it is, from the house of Gilgal and out of the fields of Eva. So they were coming, these sons of the singers, they were calling the Levites in, now they were calling the singers in, and there was a second generation of singers that had built them houses around. They were coming from the fields. They were coming from the villages. They were coming from the valleys. Amen. Verse number 30. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves and purified the people, the gates, and the wall. And then chapter number 8, verse number 10. Then he said unto them, this is Nehemiah, go your way. The fat. Nothing like a ribeye steak, right? A little bit fat on. You just don't gain better now. Drink the sweet. Sounds like my kind of lunch. I don't know about you. Send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord. Neither be you sorry, for the joy of the Lord And I would like to speak to you this morning on this thought, worshiping from a place of strength. Amen. Worshiping from a place of strength. I'm going to ask you to lift your heart. And, uh, amen, I don't know how many voices are kind of with the smoke and tired. uh, they were probably a little bit concerned with Brother Jeff his cough nonetheless Brother uh, Jonathan if you have a voice would you lead us in prayer and Bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. I'm not sure that the church of 2021 can fully appreciate what's taken place in our setting here this morning. The nation of Israel, they had struggled for approximately 100 years in rebuilding. and rebuilding their national capital, Jerusalem, after both had been destroyed by enemy forces. They had been taken captive, had spent 70 years in captivity. After being released, there was approximately 42,000 that made the long trip home. They found their temple completely destroyed, the city in Rome. And you might ask, I think a question came up earlier in our Sunday school lesson, how could God's chosen people lose in a battle against the adversary? They had at one time went to battle and watched as God would fight for them. 2 Kings 19.35 gives us a story where an angel of the Lord went into the camp of the Assyrians and killed 185,000 of the enemy. There would be at other times when this nation, God's people, King David would lead them into battle, and uh, they would take care of the giants, secure the borders. Jerusalem, their capital, would be surrounded by a high wall, which at least in the minds of the people would allow them to live normal lives because you understand back then walls were essential to the security of the people within that city. And so back in David's day, everything was good. And Solomon, when the temple was built, they felt very secure. They had a strong army. They had a strong worship to their God. And I think one thing we would all agree on today is that you cannot do business from a place of weakness. Yeah? If you are operating a profitable business, I know we have some folks here that they operate their own business. You sell products and services to your community, and your success will depend on the quality of your merchandise and the quality of your service. Amen? Picking on Brother Matt here. Right, Brother Matt? Sure. And if you are the police. Your success in curtailing lawlessness and protection for the citizens of your community will be the strength of your police and the people's willingness to obey the laws of the land. If the police lose their power to enforce the law or the people choose not to follow the laws that are in place, you will have control and you will have protests in the streets. Amen? If a country's military is not allowed to perform its trained purpose of protecting its country and citizens of that country, if they are forced by order to become a humanitarian arm of its government, it begins to diminish and lose its fighting power, which is its strength. And the church cannot worship Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, from a place of weakness. Our worship must come from a place of strength. Whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, it reads the same.
1: Deuteronomy
0: 6, 4, and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hello. The Lord our... That is our greatest strength, is that we know that there are not a plurality of gods. There is one Lord, and His name is is Jesus. The Lord our God is one Lord. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with part of your heart, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your might or strength. Mark 12, 30, Jesus answered them, The first of all, the commandments is, here, this is the God-man speaking. He says, hear what I'm saying to you. This is going to be your greatest revelation and your greatest strength. He says, know this, that the Lord your God is one Lord. And in order for you to worship him, He wants you to worship him from a place of your entire being, a place of everything that you got. He says, I want all of you. I want all of your mind. I want all of your soul. I want all of your strength. I believe that Nehemiah here, and teach us a lesson as to how and why we need to operate. We need—we are the church of the living God. The world needs a church today that is operating and worshiping, not from a place of weakness, but from a place of power and of strength. Well, thank you, Brother Coltley believe that Nehemiah said unto them he says listen because the people had been corrected okay they had not been doing things quite right they had been corrected they had repented they had confessed they were weeping before God Nehemiah said hey he said no 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 not today Today, we're in the house of the Lord. He says, Today, I want you to go your way. I want you to eat the fat. I want you to drink the great things. I want you to send the leftovers to those that need it. He says, For this day is holy unto the Lord. He says, Don't be sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you are going to give God what he is worthy of, And what he is deserving of, you can't come in from an attitude that is sad and countenance that is down. You got to jump up and give him the best that you got. He wants you to give him the joy, he wants you to worship him from a place of strength, from a place of joy. During this time period, we have several people involved. Ezra and Nehemiah, they used to be in the Hebrew Bible, they were one book. That's why you have so many people involved. But it was during this time that Ezra had been sent in to teach the people, he had been teaching them for 13 years. Listen to what Ezra here. You study Ezra, he was a great, great man. But here's a key verse that describes Ezra. Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the Lord and to do it. And to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. In other words, Ezra, he was all about somehow seeking diligently the word of his God, so that he could not only operate in the power of the word of God, but that he could live it. And then while he lived it, then he could share it. Zerubbabel would lead the people in rebuilding the temple. Haggai and Zechariah would encourage the people to rise up and build he said don't worry be so concerned about your own houses that look pretty nice he says but the house of the Lord is laying waste he said go cut some timber bring it in let's get this thing done it took them 18 years are you with me and we should and well remember When they laid the foundation of the temple, the old men wept with a loud voice. The young men shouted for joy. But the noise that was heard afar off, you understand, we're trying to impact the world outside of this church. What are they hearing about you? But the problem was, the old men, they were trying to live in their glory days. The young men were trying to get the job done, and half of them were weeping, half of them were joyful, and the people afar of off said, We don't know what the church is all about. Hello. I think we could be safe and saying that. Created a division among the worshipers. You cannot give Jesus Christ the worship he is worthy to receive without a unity of worship. Unity is a place of strength. Thank you, Brother Colton. So it had been, it had taken Israel twenty years to complete the rebuilding of the temple. They had been learning the law from Ezra for 13 years. So all is well? No. Nehemiah hears a different story. Chapter 1, Nehemiah is at work as a cupbearer to the king. One of his brethren gives him this report. The remnant, the survivors. That's what most translations translate that remnant. He said, give me a report. He said, well, okay, Nehemiah. He says, the survivors that are left of the captivity are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem are broken down. The gates are burned with fire. So even though the temple was rebuilt, they had a working altar. They had been learning the word of God for 13 years. They still are referred to as survivors of living in affliction and reproach, which means the people were worshiping God while living in great distress, reproach, insult, and shame. Why? Because a city without walls was vulnerable to the enemy. The people were unprotected with no defense, open to attack. In other words, they were trying to worship God and look over their shoulder for the boogeyman at the same time. You can't worship God when you're all stressed out about the situation that is going on on the outside. you got to reach down. you got to give him your best. Walls were not about brick and mortar. It was about removing a condition of shame, fear, poverty, and insecurity among God's people so that he could get the very thing that we were created to do. Worship him with everything that I got. Let me just add a very powerful scripture here that... Really has nothing to do with this, but it is good scripture for you to take into consideration. Proverbs 25, 28 says, A man who has no rule over his own spirit is like a city with broken walls. So rebuilding the walls was not about the walls themselves, but instead it was about removing this environment of fear and insult from God's people. They were worshiping from a place of weakness. Oh. Hello. Oh, come on. I know things are real out there. Don't get me wrong. I know that this thing is real, that all the tumult and everything that's going on is real. But hello, friend that's not when it comes to my worship to God don't you know that he is worthy of the very best that i got he don't want me looking over my shoulder Concern about the boogeyman that's trying to get me. He wants me to give him everything that I've got. He wants me to worship him in an environment that I create that includes my strength, which is my joy in the Lord because he is my strength. the enemy of the church is okay with a church that is weak fearful, stressed out, believing they can't change which means they can't change the world if we are not careful we the church begin to believe the enemy you can't worship your God without worrying about, you know, this plague and this plague. You can't worship you when you come to the house of God. You've got to distance yourself. Come on, now. I'm I'm not trying to get you to do anything that's unhealthy. You understand? I'm just giving you a principle from the Word of God that they don't that the enemy don't care if you come into the house of God and you're all concerned with whether you're gonna have to. Crawl out of here because you get some kind of a plague. But God is saying to the church, he says, I need you to worship me in a state of strength. I need you to reach down and find that joy and give it back to me. History records they had tried to rebuild the walls about 50 years prior to that. But had to stop because their enemies around them were too strong. Nehemiah has his personal prayer in chapter number one. Chapter number two, he asked the king for leave of absence. Listen to what he says to go and rebuild the city of his fathers. Chapter number two, verse ten. So when symbolic and I'll call him Moronite, and Tobiah the servant heard of it, listen to this, listen to this carefully, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel because they were okay with the church just having a form of worship, but not completely giving God what he was doing. They were okay as long as somebody wasn't coming and trying to get them out of this mediocrity, weak state. They were all right with that. And when Nehemiah arrived, they began to get a little bit concerned. Nehemiah takes a midnight ride to scout the condition. He goes to the people the next day and tells them, chapter number 2, verse 17, you see the distress we are in. He says, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. He told them the hand of God was in this. did you know that Jesus Christ, he is the author He is the finisher of my faith and your faith. Do you not remember the words? He says, I will build my church. I'm building my church. And when I do the building, the gates of hell, the enemy of your soul, will not prevail against you. He says, Come on, folks, let's take away this reproach. The only way that we're going to do that is to make those people feel secure in an environment where they don't have to worry about the enemy coming in as they're lifting their hands in worship. He says, we got to get the job done. we got to build the walls, folks. So they strengthen their hands for this good work. Verse number 19, Sabalet and Tobiah, they laughed him to scorn and despised him. Chapter 4 and verse number 1, listen, when Sabalet heard they were building the wall, he became angry and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. He was concerned when somebody was checking on the condition of, of the church's worship understand but oh my goodness when he seen the walls going up when the devil seen the walls going up he was little he was getting agitated and he was worried because he knows that if the church can worship its God that in a secure Listen carefully. Judah, who should have been what? He should have been the leader in the worship category. Hello. Here's what he was saying. He said, "Hey, he said, Judah said the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. There is too much rubbish." In other words, preacher, whatever you're trying to get the assembly to do, I want you to know that there's too much rubbish laying on the outside of the door and the burden that this world is putting on the worshiper is causing them to get weary When they come to the house of God, they cannot give everything they have toward God because they're concerned with the rubbish that's going on on the outside. Judah said that. That wasn't an.